Hello, good morning everyone. Uh, this is Brother Joseph, glory to God. It's uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. It's um, Today is November the 15th, 2020, glory to God. And uh, I'm here coming at you live today and uh, we're going to be discussing uh, stewardship again. And Adam, where are you? Amen. Where are you in your relationship to God? Amen. To the Father. Amen. <clears throat> well, like I said, uh, today is November the 15th, 2020, and uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity, amen, to be here standing before you, amen, sitting before you, <laughs> and uh, we'll be discussing the Word of God today, amen, and uh, I, I encourage, I'm encouraged by the Lord, amen, He's so faithful, amen, He knows what we have need of even before we ask Him, the Scripture says, and and. Uh, so anyway, like I said, I'll just wait another minute or so, and then we'll get started with some prayer. And if any of you have requests or any questions you'd like to ask, please make sure and post on the timeline there. I mean, inside the chat section, comment section. <clears throat> and I'll do my best to respond to you. I do want to encourage you to uh, reach out to me. I, there's a couple of uh, books I'll be reading from, from Brother Randy back you know, that were written. One of them was called Genesis Man, the other was called Genesis Woman. And if you send me an email, I'll send those to you. Uh, create disciples at gmail.com is my email. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Amen. Glory to God. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, Father. I bless you in Jesus' name. The faithful God, amen, which keeps covenant and shows mercy to those who love you unto a thousand generations. Glory to God. In Jesus' name, I'll give you praise, Father God. How you're willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise, Father God, the immutability of your counsel, Father God. So much so, Father God, that you swore with an oath. You put a divine restraint, Father God. A sacred restraint on yourself, Father God, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, he swore an oath, amen. You swore, Father God, and you, you said that you would show us, amen, who you are and what your, what your purpose is in our lives, what your purpose is in this nation and this world, glory to God. And I'm thankful for your faithfulness, Father. I bless you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God, for this opportunity, Father, to stand here in your presence, Father and minister in these words of life. Amen. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh. May your word minister health and life to us, Father God. May the seed of your kingdom, Father God, be dropped in our hearts, Father God, and grow, Father God. Continue to grow. Amen. To continue to move from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. Amen. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God, and I bless you, Lord, for those who are partaking, Father God, and those who will partake in the future, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's kind of funny. I wasn't even trying to pray, but man, you just get caught up in the word, amen. Get caught up in the uh, in the in the uh, in the song there, glory to God. And the song is talking about, you know, I want I want to be in your presence, oh God, amen. And uh, we're going to be discussing that today. In that uh, the scripture talks about in Genesis chapter three, we're going to read that whole chapter. But before I get to that, just the fact that you know God desires a relationship with His people, amen, and He's not going to force us, amen, to get involved in the Word of God. He's not going to force you to pray. 
He's not going to force you to seek his face. Amen. You, you have to do it out of your love for the Lord. Amen. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my word. Amen. If you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples. Amen. And this is a process, a day in and day out process, amen, that we go through, amen, as sons of God and daughters of God, amen, reaching out to the Father to get involved in the Word, understanding what He's trying to say to us, what He's looking to do in our lives, and what our purpose is, amen. And uh, that reminds me of a, of, a, of a document that I transcribed, and I want to read the first part of the document. Let me locate that real quick. This is very powerful. This is off of a teaching call concerning pneumaticos. And which means concerning spirituals out of 1 Corinthians 12, 1. God was not saying, Paul was not saying in that, that uh, concerning spirituals, gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. He was saying concerning spirituals. And the word gifts is italicized, which means it's not a part of the original text. So God was saying now concerning spirituals, amen. So let me get to that real quick here, um, amen. Praise God. Let me see if I can find that. Uh, let me see here. It's going to be transcriptions. I have to locate that real quick. It's been a while since I've looked at it. And uh, let me see if I can do a search for it. I don't like to be not prepared, but I want to read this. So give me just a second here. Uh, let's see here. It's going to be. Praise God. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Father. Let's see if I put it over here. Yeah. No? Uh, let's see here. I want to read this. It's just, it's so precious. You'll see in a minute. This was from 1985. Like I said, this teaching was done. Uh, in 1985, 84, and 85, and uh, it's it was it was a teaching, like I said, it was called concerning spirituals, amen. So let me just have to search for this. Hang on. The main the main reason I want to read this is because um, your brother Randy is the one to share, and and you know he. In the it was an exhortation, right? And in that, uh, you know, it's very apparent, you know, when your when your life is is seeking God and you're wanting God and and you're very in tune with what the Lord is trying to bring to your life. But like I said, um, man, I can't locate that. Let me try this. It it takes a lot of uh, desire, amen. And zeal, amen, to seek after the Lord, amen. And, uh, yeah, here it goes. And you have to be, uh, <clears throat> hang on. You have to be, uh, in tune and in step with the Lord. In other words, you have to continue to pursue God, amen. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth, right? Well, so this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says here, Every one of us that have been born of the Spirit of God were born with the destiny of mind by the Spirit of God himself. Now listen to that statement. Every one of us was born with the destiny in the mind of God. Amen. Also, we were born with a divine purpose. 
One of the most frustrating things to the ministry of Jesus Christ, one of the things that frustrates the grace of God more than hardly anything else in the body of Christ is that individuals and people that do not know how to recognize or locate or to discover their purpose, right? And so as a result of that, the majority of the body of Christ float through life, right? Without any perspective at all on their purpose or what their origin was in God or where they're going. And as a result of that, we seem to float a lot of drift without any purpose, right? <clears throat> or what, or uh, without any purpose. Now, if you do not have a purpose, you cannot have a deep penetration, right? In other words, you're not going to make a big impact, right? If you don't understand your purpose. What you have to do is draw from all your spiritual strength and prowess and put that potential behind one major thrust or purpose. If you do not, then you would have what is classified as diversified interests, right? And forces. Anytime you have diversified interest in your life, you are dividing your potential. You're reducing its effects and its penetration. So there can be a conflict. And so he's saying here that I perceive right here that there's that's one of the things that he's encountering in his exhortation was that uh, there was a lot of people that weren't that weren't in tune with their spirit. Amen. So he says here. Uh, He's going to bring a little word of wisdom to help us isolate this. So let me speak already what I know has happened in the realm of the spirit to be able to be uh, in the spirit realm period. Now for us to be able to pursue the purpose of God and to accomplish the real work of God, uh, we're going to have to isolate our thinkings. In other words, we're going to have to remove all diversified interest and compound every bit of that into one unit so that your thrust can be of a greater potential. And it's going to be, uh, if you do not, understand how to follow the lord how to follow the word amen then you're going to get lost amen even in the teachings that when i when i'm sharing I, I realize that a lot of people can't keep up with you know this thrust of the spirit amen and so they end up drifting and they fall asleep and stuff <clears throat> so we have to uh focus our all our energies on this lifestyle of being spiritual amen and understand and begin to seek the lord amen what is our purpose what is the lord trying to bring to my life what is the purpose for my family? That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how do I relate to that in the will of God? Amen. So uh, if, you're not, if you do not know how to follow and you realize that, that within you is a real purpose, then you're able to miss something that, that is going to be very productive for you. So again, the, the goal, the, the thing that I'm trying to uh, um, bring forth there is that we have to understand that this purpose of God, amen, and what God is trying to do in our lives requires a lot of strength from us, and a lot of attention, in other words, right? Isn't it irritating when you're trying to instruct someone like your children or stuff or something, and they don't pay attention to you, and they're not listening, right? And you have to go and reiterate again and again and again. Now, I do it by the grace of God, amen, but the day is coming where it's only going to be one time that I have to tell you, my son or my, my, my sons, and they're going to be able to follow through with that uh, with that goal, with whatever the task is, right? And that's the way our Heavenly Father is towards our lives. He's trying to tell us this. And the reason He has to tell us over and over and over and over and over, the reason He has to continue to prophesy into our lives is because we humans, we forget. That's why every day you've got to behold us in a natural place. Every day you've got to behold Jesus Christ in the Word. Because when you look in the mirror at yourself, as soon as you remove yourself from that mirror and go the other direction, you already forgot what you look like. So how much more when we're looking into the perfect law of liberty, amen, this word of God, which is Jesus Christ in our lives, how much more, amen, do we continue to have to, 
continuously have to be looking in this perfect law of liberty. Because when we, if you don't understand that you must keep your heart with all diligence, right of it flow the issues of life. Your heart, amen, is made up of your spirit and your soul, right? And in that, you've got to keep up with your soul. You've got to watch it when he's trying to draw you off sides, if you will, out of line, amen. You've got to watch the enemy and his purpose and what he's trying to do and distract you from, the, from God's will and purpose in your life, amen. All right, now, <clears throat> I want to start with Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Amen. And we're going to read that. And, uh, and both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made, this, made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the, cool, in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam was in, with his wife, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called out unto Adam and said, Adam, excuse me. <coughs> he said, Adam, and said unto, and called unto Adam and said unto him, where, where are you? Where art thou? And in verse 10, he says, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said unto thee, and he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Well, I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. All right? And, man, and the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. All right? And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Okay? Now, so in looking at this, you know, there's a lot of, lot going on here. First of all, you know, Eve was deceived, right? And and he put a question to her. He says, yea, hath God said. So it wasn't every tree that God said, so he put a little spin on it. But she said, no, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. So this we know was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what was the issue there with why why would we be no, so why would why would this be a problem right well first of all God said don't do it so Eve went beyond the boundary of what God said now Adam should have taken his place right there and said no it is written amen he should have come up with the word of God in his heart and said what God said and then be done away with the situation but um, the scripture says for uh, in verse. Uh, seven and the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked okay so what's the deal with being naked well it wasn't that they didn't have physical clothes on it was that they came out from under authority amen and 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 they disobeyed god amen and so it's interesting that god had already said that uh he already told him and they heard god walking in the cool of the garden in in the garden in the cool of the day and the lord god called unto adam and said unto him where are you all right but in verse 8, he says, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. You see, they knew they came out from under authority. They knew they were being, they, they disobeyed God. Now, it wasn't a, a, a sexual thing or, it's, or any kind of immorality that, that they committed a sin. It was that they were disobedient to authority. Amen. This is, a, this is something in a matter of dealing with the soul of a man, right? The seed God planted in their heart from the enemy. And now as a result of that, they disobeyed God. All right. And, uh, and and so the scripture says, uh, <laughs> verse 11, who told that you were naked? 
Who said to you that you were out from under authority? Well, they already knew they were naked because they were exposed, right? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And of course, they did eat of that tree, right? But God said, don't eat of that tree. And this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what's interesting is that mankind still keeps going to the wrong tree and the wrong source, right? They should be going to Jesus Christ for their lives and for their, for their direction in their lives and their purpose and so on and so on. But they keep going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they're trying to figure this thing out on their own, right? Now, uh, so God already knew that they were naked. And the first thing that God said after that, he says, have you eaten of that tree? Well, yes, they did, right? So now, let's go ahead and, and get started in the outline now. And uh, there's a statement here that says, what a man is on his knees before God, that he is and nothing more. Amen. So it's important, right, that, that our relationship with God be established. And, and one of the ways that God uses, one of the things that, that is important for our lives is prayer, right? Relationship with the Father. Amen. Just like we rely, desire a good relationship with our sons and daughters and our wives and vice versa, our husbands and so on. It's important that we spend time together, amen, and relate to one another. So God, very, very uh, uh, desirous, amen, of a, of a relationship with man. He wants to, He wants you to know that he'll fulfill everything that you have need of, but you've got to go to him first, amen. So now, so these, they were in the garden, amen, and, and God, the scripture says that uh, Eden was a place that God, set up and he put man in the garden to dress it and to keep it amen and that means he means that man take care of this garden amen and uh maintain it and so on and so on now the scripture teaches us in uh genesis 2 11 through 14 all right it says here that <clears throat> the four rivers were were, were, were populating you know, bringing nourishment to this piece of this area, Eden. There was four rivers: Pison, uh, and then and then it says, and the second river was Gihon, and the third river was Hidakel, and the fourth river was Euphrates. And why is that significant? Well, it was it was it teaching us and showing us that God was was the supplier of everything that they had need of, right? He put them in this garden to dress it and to keep it. And then he teaches us that I'm going to nourish this river and I'm going to nourish this Eden by these rivers, right? Now, the, the scripture teaches us in, in Genesis 2, 6, there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So the nourishment and, and what was needed in this garden was all being provided by God the Father, amen, for Adam and Eve, amen. Now, so what, okay, so now, Man was the reason, not the afterthought, right? So there's a there's a passage of scripture in Psalm chapter eight, verse four, and through verse nine, right? And he says, "What is man?" In this book of Psalms, chapter eight, verse four, that thou art mindful of him, all right, and the son of man that you visit him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So that's a, that, that passage of scripture uh, is, is a very important uh, understanding there, right? What is man that you're mindful of him? 
why did you have a thought about mankind and how did you consider him, right? Well, a couple of things there. First of all, if you look in the in the Hebrew there, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. The word angels is the uh, Hebrew word Elohim. And Elohim is the plurality of the Godhead. When the scripture says, let us make man in our image after our likeness, let us is the word Elohim, right? Elohim was, was the triune God, amen, is the triune God. And he says, so you've made him a little lower than Elohim, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. Not lower in kind, lower in authority, because all authority is of God, right? The scripture teaches us that in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. There is no authority but of God. You see, so Adam, mankind was placed under God here. In, 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 and in that, the scripture says that he crowned him with glory and honor. Glory and honor if you're being obedient to the Father and his word. Not glorious and not honorable if you're being disobedient like Adam and Eve were. Okay. <clears throat> now, this passage, uh, the writer of Hebrews, Paul, he alludes to that in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6. Going through verse 8. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him? Now this word visitest, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6. Let me go to that real quick. It's a very important word in the body in the body of Christ, amen, for our lives. And uh, here's what it means. The word is the word uh, epi- Skeptomae, episkeptomae, and that word means to look upon or after, to inspect, to examine with the eyes, in order to see how he is, to visit him, to go see one, to visit, you know, to to make an inspection of the poor and the afflicted, amen, and see their condition, to look upon in order to help or to benefit. Now, it comes from two different Greek words, epi, which means over or upon. And then it comes from another word, which is the word skopos. And skopos is to peer about. It's where we get the word for skeptic, right? And through the idea of, of a concealment, compare a watch, okay? So what are you watching, right? Well, what 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 he, as the scripture says, but one in a certain place testifies, saying, what is man that they're mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him, that you're a skeptic of his life. In other words, you... You uh, you focus on his life, right? So this ministry of, of 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 it's called the bishop ministry, which you have to, where you have to watch over the soul, right? Jesus, the Bible says, is the shepherd and bishop of our souls, right? The shepherd, he's going to provide what you have need of, and he's going to gently keep you on the path, amen. But the but when you have to be bishop, that means your your life is is out of order somewhere, and God has to send someone to you because you're not taking heed to your spirit. So that's that's a little bit about <clears throat> this word, this bishop ministry. Now, so verse seven, now Hebrews two seven, thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. So again, that verse in the Hebrew is the word Elohim. So now in the King James, in the New Testament, angels again here is mistranslated. So it should have said that you made him a little lower than Elohim. You crowned him with glory and honor, and did have set him over the works of thy hands. In other words. If you're in honor and if you're being obedient, then you're going to be receive glory and honor because you're being humble, you're being submissive. But you're, if you're out of order, you're going to be resisted and you're going to be dishonorable. Amen. Now, 
You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But we now we see not yet all things under him. So now because of the fall, right, everything that we're doing is reconciling back to the Father, amen, by the Spirit. And so we don't see everything under the Lord Jesus Christ, right? But yet, again, uh, all things are subjected to him, even though we don't see it. Now, so now the question, <clears throat> what is man, right? That is a question that's been debated by theologians, philosophers since the beginning of time. Where is the model for manhood? Where is our example? We have looked to our natural fathers, coaches, sports heroes, movie stars, but still there are no clear answers. Why am I as a man here in the earth at this time and what is my, what am I supposed to do with my life? And it's interesting that this season that we're in, right, in this, you know, pandemic, that all these uh, uh, superstars out there in the world, you know, uh, actors and sports heroes and different, you know, people that we idolize, in, 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 in a matter of a few months, right, since March, right, all this stuff has been, has been put to a halt, if you will. And, and the thing is, is that the problem is, is that mankind, that's where he has his focus. That's where he's getting his direction from, is from the world, right? And from the enemy, which is the God of this world, you see? And so, God, obviously, in, in his desire and his love and his passion for us, wants us to turn back to him, right? Wants this relationship built with him. What is man? Well, the first purpose of man is that you must love God, as, as Jesus, as the rich young ruler says. And Jesus told him, you must love love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, right? That's the first order right there. Now, what, so how do we get, how do we get into God's purpose, right? How do we understand our purpose and what, what his intention was, was when he created us? So if you, if you want to understand the purpose of anything, you've got to go back to its origin, right? So for example, if I look at this little remote right here, right, for the camera, the only way I'm going to understand that, what the purpose and how to use that tool is to go back to the origin of who created it, right? In this case, it's Canon. So I go and I read the manual and I find out what all the little buttons are and I, and I begin to understand its purpose. It's the same thing for us. Is how can you understand your purpose if you don't go back to your origin, right? And so what's sad about this is that the world has, has dictated to us in many, many fashions and many forms what man is, right? Um... <clears throat> So, again, you 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 got to understand the origin, where you came from, right? So, again, if you don't understand your origin, then you're not going to understand your purpose, amen? So, uh, let me read a little statement here. Uh, Satan, in the centuries since our creation, Satan has succeeded in distorting our purpose in the earth. For decades now, you know, Hollywood, they have portrayed the male as some incompetent buffoon created for laughter. Ultra-feminists portray most males as potential rapists needing to be controlled. Others portray males as brutish beasts incapable of sensitivity or caring. Still others see all males as potential molesters and abusers in the need of constant oversight when in the presence of even their own children. Men are told that they need to be in touch with their feminine side. Men are told that even though they have been they're in a male body, that they're actually a fem female trapped inside of them. There's actually a female trapped inside of them. Society tells us that 
it is perfectly normal for, for, for them to desire sexual relationships with other males instead of women. And the, the same thing with women on women. Satan has created confusion about the male's nature and purpose in order to neutralize him. We must clearly see our nature in order to understand our purpose, right? So, the, so then the question is, well, what is the nature of man? And what is the nature of woman, right? Um, first of all, we've got we to gotta realize that we've been hearing from the wrong sources, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 2. Paul, talking here. He said, you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. We've got to understand that everything that we've been listening to outside of God was a dumb idol that was dictating to our lives. For And in this example, for what is man and what is woman, right? And so we've got to throw out all the philosophies and all the views of this world and come to an understanding that God's word is true. And what his word says about what is man and what is woman, that's what I should be looking at. Not the views of this world, right? All right? Now, in Genesis, he says, uh, he says here, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Mankind was to have dominion, right? And now, understand that this dominion was given to them before, before they fell, right? So the dominion <clears throat> that they should have been walking in after their spirit, well, they lost the divine the divine breath of God, the spirit of God, when they chose their own life outside of God's life. And that's the choice that we have today too, is that we choose God's life or you choose your life. When you choose your life, you're going to the wrong tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you treat, when you choose God and the word and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost and so on, you're going to the tree of life. And this is what we need to understand is that we need to get back to what the word says, what man is. Now, the word Adam teaches us about our origin. We did not come from monkeys or, or, or amoeba or ocean slime. The Bible says that God made man in, in, in his own image. We did not evolve. We were made, glory to God. We were created for a purpose, amen, to serve God and to have dominion in this earth. Now, God said, in essence, let us give origin to man or let us give him a starting place. Origin is a very powerful word. And if you want to know where you came from, that you've got to know, you've got to know where you're going. On the other hand, any man that does not know where he has come from is confused, both about himself and about his direction. Now, the sad thing about that statement is that so is so it is today in the body of Christ. Many, many are confused about their origin and where they came from. All right, and it's sad that our schools. This is what they teach our children, right? And, uh, and thank God for the Word of God and thank God for, 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 for bringing direction back to our lives and what the Word of God teaches us. Amen. So <clears throat> it's not surprising that the world identifies with the flesh. But what's sad is so does the, 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 the so do many in the body of Christ. So if you are not alive spiritually, the mind, the body is all that you have to identify with. It surprises, it's surprising when Christians continue to cling to their identities or na of natural origin, right? See, again, they don't understand their origin, so they don't un understand their purpose. 
So they continue to cling to identities of their natural origin. origin. Labels like Korean church, black gospel, American missions. They have no place in the Christian's vocabulary. When you receive Christ, your old fallen man seems to have become less civilized as the centuries have progressed man. All right. The Bible teaches us that there is no longer Jew or Greek. All right. They're in Christ. So stop identifying with the old man's fallen nature. And the scripture teaches us in Ephesians chapter 4, 22, that we put off concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Right? Now the book of Genesis was given was given to show man his, his beginning or origin. Right? Now, so Adam is man, the mankind, man or mankind, right? Now, the, another interesting word here is in Exodus 15, verse 3, the scripture says the Lord God is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now, in understanding where we came from, we came from God. Now, now we understand the nature of a man, right? Right. So now let's go, let's go to some more. Uh, let's look at the word here again. So what makes a man distinct from a female? And every other living creature. Satan is always trying to remove the distinction. Right? He's always trying to bring mixture. God on the other hand hates mixture. And has provided the word of God to bring distinction and to cause division. Alright? The lines between male and female have never been as blurred as they are today. The men and women of today have grown up confused about their purpose in the earth. In the beginning the lines were clear. You were either a male or who was masculine or you were a female that was feminine. Today we have feminine males dressed in women's attire acting on out the female role and masculine female masculine females dressed in men's clothing trying to fulfill the male role. As stated in the previous <clears throat> statement, we must return to our origin. As children of God, we will never find our purpose outside of his design and it was at our creation. We must find ourselves in him Again, we will find the nature in the name. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed the flesh thereof instead thereof. And the rib which, which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man amen a man with a womb womb man <clears throat> now the hebrew word here two different words here translated now for man and woman they are the word ish and their word the word isha now adam reveals the origin of man okay where did he come from well he came from god and ish reveals the nature of a man in studying this word, ish, these words, Ish and Isha, we can understand the differences that God created between the natures of man and of woman. All right. The Hebrew word Ish as a male individual is a man as an individual or a male person. It is also translated as husband, steward, great, mighty, worthy, high degree and champion. These words comprise the DNA of the gender. They go beyond the physiological differences that determine a baby's sex. They are the characteristics that make a human being a man. They reveal the nature of man. Ish is the nature of man. 
So the origin came from God, Adam, mankind. Now we have two other words, Ish and Isha. Ish reveals the, the, the nature of the man. <clears throat> now, what do you mean? Well, when you speak of nature, it's something that comes naturally. It is the way that we would act in a given situation without thinking if, it, if we had not been tempered with. Now, question. Can mankind's temperament and nature be tempered with? Well, of course it can. So have you ever seen an animal in a zoo? pacing back and forth in its cage. Pacing is not nat a natural human behavior, but the zookeeper and those that take these animals and put them in zoos have manipulated, have ma have manipulated their environment and so much so to the point that it's, their nature has been changed. All right? Now, so again, Ish is the nature of a man. Now, Isha would reveal the nature of a woman. So again, God's purpose for man, God's purpose for woman, right? So the word of God commands husbands to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. We are never given that same commandment concerning their husbands. Women's, women aren't given that, under, that command. All right, Men will often make jokes about their inability to understand a woman. The truth is that whether it is easy or difficult, the Lord requires godly men to know their wives. As in the study of the nature of man, only the word of God can reveal the origin of and true nature of a woman. Let's look into the Bible uh, mirror to see the face of the Genesis woman. All right. <clears throat> now, like I said, both of these books are available. If you guys want them, send me an email, createdisciples at gmail.com, and I'll send you the PDF of the file so you can read this and study this on your own. Now, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So in the mankind, he created male and female. Now, there are two aspects of creation revealed in the above verse. In verse 26, the word, God, the word of God reveals that God created Adam, which is mankind, in his own image and in his own likeness. In, the, in verse 27, the Bible makes a distinction with humanity between male and female. All right. Now, the words, the, the words here are Zakar and Negabah, all right, respectively. This makes reference to the formation of man, woman out of man, which took place at a later time as described in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. He took her out. And so in studying the nature of a man, we, we gain insight, we gain great insight by studying the nature of a woman. Woman was created to be a helpmeet for man. In the original Hebrew, helpmeet means to stand opposite, which God created a woman as an elegant opposite, right? Of a man. Learning what a woman is will help us reveal what a man is not. Despite the enemy's attempts to blur the lines of distinction between a man and a woman, the truth remains that a woman was given a nature that is opposite of the man. Okay? This could be the reason that men without help of the Word of God have a, such a difficult time in understanding the weaker sex. Now, <clears throat> alright? So, in the study of the nature of the woman, we must include the understanding of Negabah. Now, Negabah, listen to this, denotes a sexual form of a woman. It comes from the word Negab, which means with holes, to puncture, to perforate, to bore, to pierce, or to strike through. 
Remember that the name reveals the nature. God created a woman with a nature that is made to be pierced and punctured. That is made to be pierced and punctured. Now, what does this mean? Well, one important aspect of the woman's nature is her ability to be easily pierced. So, uh, my wife is more easily pierced than I am. She internalizes mistakes, remarks, and situations that I would just allow to bounce off of me. For example, if my wife were to come to me and tell me that there is a certain way that I treat her that bothers her, I will listen and tell her that I will examine it before the Lord, right? But I would not be easily cut by the criticism. An hour after the conversation, I would have no problem making, uh, you know, having relations with my wife, right? However, if I were to bring a similar criticism to my wife, she might be deeply wounded and, and wear that failure or for weeks. She would not be able to respond to me properly for a period of time because she's been pierced by my words, right? And I, and I get that all the time, right? That, that, that stop yelling at me and then I'm not yelling. It's just a little bit more strength in the, in the tone, right? So now, <clears throat> but again, everything about the woman, right? They're made to be pierced, right? They're more sensitive. They take in the scenery. They, 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 they have to describe that with more words than a male can speak in a day, right? They, they do this. They, they flow. They, they talk about all these things and all these impressions that they've had throughout the day with their, with their friends and with, with their sisters and so on and so on. Now, now let's look at now the word in male and female. So we looked at female, which was negoba. Now we're going to look at the word for male, which is zakar. Okay. And we're talking about this because we need to understand both sides. If we're to understand and understand what God had in mind when he created us, created us, right? Not evolved us. So again, in Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 27, and God said, let us make man in our image. And the latter part of that says, in the image of God created him, male and female created he them. Okay. Now the last word that I want to explore, or another word that I want to explore is the word zakar. It is translated as male in the above verse. The word zakar means a species mark so as to be remembered, remembered and mentioned. The male has been marked by God. This mark causes God to recognize and remember the male so that he will make mention of him. There is a something placed in the male that causes him to stand out and be recognized. Another way to look at this is the most noteworthy sex. Uh, now there's thinking that teaches us that women have not had a of the tribes. None. When Jethro advised Moses that he needed help with ruling the nation, how many women were chosen among the 70 elders? None. Some would say that these examples are not valid because that they are in the Old Testament. Well, when Jesus initiated the government of the church by choosing 12 apostles, how many women did he choose? None. Again, when the Lord extended the commission to include 70, how many women were in that number? None. The pattern is clear. If you have ears to hear. But Moses and Jesus knew that there was a mark on the male placed there by God that gave him the ability to be recognized. And don't think that there were plenty of emails, I mean, females in Israel with the ability to make decisions, of course, just as they are in the church today. The establishment of order never had anything to do with ability. It had to do with God's right to make a choice and mark whom he chose for the children being not yet born, this is Romans 9.11. <clears throat> For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, 
not of works, but of him that calleth. Amen. You see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get placed as head of my household because I'm better than these abilities as my wife. I got placed, I'm, I'm placed and set in this place of in my domestics because it's God's word. Amen. And you can look at that in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, is it 10 or 11? 1 Corinthians 10, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 11. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 11, right? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 11. And Paul talks about, be you followers of me, even as also I am of Christ. So he begins to talk about headship principles there. And he says, God is over man, man is over Christ, man is, woman. Christ is over man, man is over woman. There's a reading, reason why order must be maintained, amen? If we want to be effective in our prayer lives and stuff, in our families and in the body of Christ, then we must get back to the order of God and what God set up from the very beginning. Now, there is no mention in the scripture <clears throat> um, in the scripture of the same of the time span between creation of man and making and the making of woman we do know that there was a time for adam to name all the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air but there was not among them a helpmeet for adam of the probable millions of animals that adam named as a representative of his creator there was not one after adam's kind God said that this is not good. Therefore, God remembered the man and did something marvelous for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his, his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman. And he brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, why was the woman created? All right, purpose of man, purpose of woman. Was she created for God? No, she was created for man. In the same way that a man must discover his origin in God to find his purpose, so must a woman discover her origin in man to find her purpose. He is her purpose. Satan has worked hard to distort the truth about the origin of the man and the woman. He doesn't want either gender to fulfill their purpose in the earth because his kingdom is exposed when the kingdom of God is demonstrated. Everything Satan does is devised to pervert the purpose of God. If he can convince a man that his purpose in the earth is to fulfill his own desire through money, sex, or fame, he can separate that man from his purpose of God, in God. If Satan can convince a woman that she can fulfill her purpose through her own career, goals, or ministry, he can keep her from finding her purpose in man. The enemy wants a man to forget about God and find himself, and in the same way, he wants the woman to forget about the man and find herself instead. All right? He wants us to be our own government. <laughs> now, the breakdown in divines, God's divine order begins with the man. The woman was not created to help a man fulfill the lusts of his flesh. She was created to help him to obey God. Now, when a woman no longer seeks to fulfill the will of God in his life, a woman cannot find her purpose in him. That's why they're frustrated all the time. A woman was designed to find her purpose by the reflection of God in her husband. All right? It is a sad day when a woman listens to the head, to the heart of her husband, hoping to find the calling of God for their lives, and all she hears are his own selfish ambitions. Is it any wonder that a woman seek their own ministries and their own identity? 
Well, of course not, right? So again, <clears throat> man finds his purpose in God, all right? And woman finds her purpose in man. And, you know, again, because of all the perversions of, of uh, women's rights and, 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 you know, all these perverted teachings out there that are of the world, it has confused mankind and, and what their paroles are. It has confused man and it has confused woman. And this is the purpose of the enemy, right? Every kingdom and every house divided against itself will not stand, right? So the enemy, all he's doing is causing division, right? And discord between, right? And that's what his goal is. Now, <clears throat> I'm almost done finishing on some of this. So it is the height of hypocrisy for a man to complain about his wife's neglect of his needs because of her career. While at the same time, he's neglecting the needs of God because of his job or hobbies. She is simply following her husband's example. Zakar is the quality of the species. It is the premium or the value of the male. He is the notable or most worthy gender. Zakar is the essential gender whom God has marked to be remembered. Many women throughout history have fulfilled their purpose in God, in God by helping their husbands fulfill their callings. Knowing all the while that the men would be the one remembered for the success. There is a quality or premium placed by God upon the human male that no other species possesses. And as sons of God, amen, God has put a mark on the male, amen. And as sons of God, we must represent the Father in the earth. This is our value and this is our premium, amen. I want God to remember me and I want him to be, I want to be honored by the Lord and, 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 and be brought into place of glory but i can't do that if i'm on my own self-government if i'm if i'm following the wrong tree you see and god wants us to all come to that place where we begin our relationship with him and our origin and begin to come to understand what we are and who we are and what we were called to be and why we were created you see and we can't understand all that until we go back to the beginning i remember when i got born again right I began to seek the Lord and I said, Father, what is my purpose? What do you have for me? Why have you made me this way? Right? And throughout the years, God has revealed his purpose. Amen. And brought me to a place where now, as a submitted son of God, amen, and seeking to represent him in the earth, amen, he, begin, he begins to reveal the purpose of God, his purpose in my life. Right? So we must understand, as a man of God, as a son of God, daughters of God, right? But primarily as the son of God right now, sons of God, we must walk worthy of our creation as a male in the earth. We are zakar. We are, we are male and we are highly prized, highly valued. Why do, they, why do you think the enemy wants to take out the males? Why has he successfully taken out the males? All right? What happens when a male is not in his place as a husband over his wife and as a father over his children? Right? They begin to lose distinction. They begin to lose purpose. They begin to lose their scope in life. Amen. So we have been, we are, we have, we are the premium kind. We have been, but, but we have been reduced by the world, right? By the government, by the media, by education, and by feminists. You have had your premium diminished by society. And for the most part, you have relinquished it passively, right? <clears throat> the woman is not equal to the man, all right? Any more than we are equal to God. We are not equal to God. We are only after his kind. Lucifer believed that he was equal, right? He believed that he was equal to God and lost his glory because of it. The woman was not created equal to the man, although she is after his kind. 
When a woman believes she is equal to a man, she automatically loses her glory. Woman has been given her own premium in glory, but it is not equal to the man's premium in glory. There is no such thing as equality in the kingdom of God. In our nation, we have equal rights, but God ordained it to be so before the Constitution did. As a human being, you have a free will and therefore the right to do what you want to do with your, with your life. That doesn't mean that your choice will be godly or that there will not be consequences for your decision. It is your human right to die and to go to hell. It is your choice if you choose. You can be a pervert, a homosexual, a lesbian, a drug addict, or a murderer, right? Pedophile, etc., etc. You have had that choice, but it is not your purpose. God gave every human the right to choose to go to hell, but it wasn't his will or his purpose. Wouldn't you like to have your choice be your purpose? The only way to align your will to his purpose is to find yourself in God. Amen. When you find out who and what you are, you can begin to find the purpose for your existence. Amen. And in doing so, when mankind gets in order to God, amen, all of a sudden things change for that man. Amen. And for any of us in mankind, male or female, when we, when we became, begin to come under the authority of the word of God, amen, all of a sudden the law of resurrection, Jesus Christ, begins to elevate us. Amen. Elevate us in a different order than what the world sees as elevation, right? We begin to be honored and favored, amen, as sons of God and daughters of God, amen, because we're seeking God's will. So God, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, God came to Adam, right? Genesis 3, 8. It says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord of God amongst the trees of the garden. They hid themselves in the presence of God. All right. Now this was a time that God came to him, an appointed time, to come and fellowship with Adam. Amen. So they hid themselves from his presence because they came out from under authority. Amen. When my wife steps out from under authority and does something that, that, that I don't know, I didn't know about, and it catches me by surprise, it's to her shame and to her dishonor. But thank God for the grace of God and forgiveness, amen, because I still pray for her and I still cover her, amen, in prayer, amen. Now, in Genesis 3, 8 and 9, we see verse 9, and the Lord God called unto Adam and he said unto him, where are you? God was looking for fellowship in this hour. This was the hour and the time that God had set up for Adam to come and fellowship with him and man to begin to commune for God's, again, God's searching to commune with man and man seeking to commune with God. In the New Testament, the word fellowship and distribution are the word koinonia. Amen. It means a mutual, a mutual contribution of fellowship. Amen. Now, so again, the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? All right, give me a second here. Communion with God. Amen. That's what fellowship is. Amen. And that's what this word koinonia is. Communion, relationship. Amen. Now, so again, the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 2, 15 through 17. So we have a one situation where dependent on the tree of life. The other situation, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil brings independence. So in the tree of life, we're dependent upon one another. Amen. My relationship with the father and the father's relationship with me. But when I step out on my own and partake of the wrong tree, now I'm independent of the father. Amen. 
Now in John, in John 15, 4 through 8. Amen. John 15, 4 through 8. Jesus said, Abide in me. Wait a minute. Where am I at here? John 15, 4 through 8. <clears throat> Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So look at that. If we, if me and my wife abide in him, and his words abide in us, we will ask what we will, and it's going to be done unto us. That's precious right there, amen. And as the scripture says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? In Amos chapter 2, right? So again, it's important that we establish our relationship with our father, with our wives, with our children as males, amen, as sons of God, daughters of God, to their daughters to their husbands, right? And to their children, fathers to their wives and to their children, amen. Now, in Genesis 2.17, he said, and sh you shall surely die. Well, in other words, in dying, and because you've drawn away from the Lord, you're going to continuously end up, end up fading away because now you're not a part of God anymore. And now the ground is cursed, amen. And now you're not being successful in the Lord anymore. Again, the value and the premium of what does God honor and what does he value? Well, he values obedience, amen. And when we're obedient as sons, He's able to honor us and favor us and promote us, but not beforehand. Now, Galatians 5, 22 through 25. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of living life after the Spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. If you're walking in the Spirit, amen, you're not under the law of sin and death. You're under the law of the Spirit, which is Zoe. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Our, our conduct must also and our behavior must exemplify our life after the Spirit. And so therefore, let us not be desirous of vain glory and provoking one another and envying one another. Amen. So all endeavors must first begin in prayer. Amen. If you want to understand and get direction from God on a purpose in your life, don't go out to the world and start calculating everything according to the world. Go back to the Lord and find out what does His Word say about this. Our success begins in prayer. Our failure is because of the lack of prayer in our lives. So the call of God to Adam. Let's take a look at Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 10. Song of Solomon 2. 2.10 my beloved spake and said unto me. I'm going to read this in the message translation because it was a little bit more descriptive. My lover has arrived, my father, amen. And he's speaking me to me, get up, my dear friend, fair and beautiful lover, come to me. Look around you, winter's over, the winter rains are gone, are over and gone. Spring flowers are in blossom all over, the whole world's a choir, 
and singing. Spring warblers are filling the forest with sweet arpeggios. The lilacs are exuberantly purple and perfumed, and cherry trees fragrant with blossoms. Oh, get up, dear friend, my fair and beautiful lover. Come to me. Amen. Come, my shy and modest dove. Leave your seclusions. Come out in the open. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is soothing and your face, face is ravishing. So God in the cool of the day was seeking fellowship with mankind. But mankind chose his own way by partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because of this, they were naked and exposed. But body of Christ, God wants us to continuously build this relationship up with the Father. Amen. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not up to the flesh. If you maintain if you if you haven't been maintaining your relationship with the Father in prayer and seeking the Lord and reading His Word and studying His Word and being a part of the body of Christ, then all we have to do is turn and be obedient to the Father, amen, and be obedient to His Word, amen. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this tremendous opportunity, Father God, and I thank you, Lord God, that if we confess our sins, Father, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, Father, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father God, for, for desiring a, fe a fellowship and relationship with us, O God. And in the same turn, Father God, may we desire and fellowship you in a greater measure in our lives. May we continuously go deep, Father God, in a relationship with you, Father God, even as we desire this relationship with our fathers and with our, with our mothers and with our husbands and with our wives, with one another and so on. I pray, Lord God, is that if we turn your hearts to you, Father God, that you will heal our land, Father God. In Jesus' name, Father God, we pray. Amen. I'll see your love till I